This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. And it's back for another round of the Employment Hour just after 5 o'clock here. You have the number 604-280-98 or star 9898 on your cell to get a hold of the or over the next hour. You have questions about employment. You've been recently let go. A friend, a buddy, a neighbor has given you some advice. You're not sure it's correct. I guarantee you it's probably not correct. You want to get that cleared up. You want to talk to Lior uh, tonight. That's the way to do it. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Got a full hour to go here, my friend. We always start with a, a little segment we like to call the week that was, how was that week thanks john and always uh, great to be back here and then to talk about uh, the things that uh, impact a lot of us which is our our work our jobs workplace uh, rights and obligations and entitlements so we want to answer questions your question if you have a question and you're not sure what to do you're stuck uh, you're in a bad situation maybe you're worried about uh, the security of your job or maybe you're worried about the change that's happening to your job maybe someone's mistreating you at work well, no, no need to, to suffer alone. There's help. We're here to help you and, and happy to answer those questions. No strings attached, just to hopefully give you some information that you can use, maybe help you sleep better at night. Mm-hmm. This is the Employment Hour, and we do this every week. And to get us all started, uh, John, let's talk about a couple situations that I saw over the past uh, few days. First matter I'll tell you about uh, involved a young lady uh, that called me. I guess, found herself in a difficult situation. She uh, had a, I guess, a, a conflict would be the best word with a coworker. But, but what happened with this guy? I guess he fanc- fancied himself a bit of a ladies' man. Mm. Uh, he kept propositioning her. He was complimenting her dress. He was sending her inappropriate text messages. Uh, and you know, asking her out repeatedly, even though she she had said no, uh, very, making it very uncomfortable for her, very very uncomfortable. She asked him to stop. He wouldn't. Eventually, she went and she did exactly the right thing. She went into t- and talked with the company owner, and she told him, "Listen, this is what's happening. It's, it's very making me very very uncomfortable. Can you please do something about it?" Well, John, it looks like uh, the company owner and this other guy were buddies. Mm-hmm. And uh, the company owner didn't do anything. In fact, he took a, an approach that was kind of like, uh, you know, boys will be boys. Right. And, and didn't do anything, didn't support her, didn't help, didn't make any change at all. So things got worse. And it got to the point where this lady was dreading going to work. She was losing sleep. She was feeling so uncomfortable. And that's when finally she called me. And she said, Lior, what do I do here? How do I get uh, this issue resolved? I don't want to even work here anymore. Well, John, here's what I told her. I said, you're, what you're subject to right now, that's, that's sexual harassment, okay? That's exactly what it is. And you don't have to take it. No employee should have to suffer sexual harassment at work. So you can treat your employment as being terminated. This is especially true because of the fact that you try to resolve the issue and your boss or, or the company owner didn't do anything. So what's happened here is a work environment has been created that makes it very difficult for her to go back to work, to continue working. Well, John, that's a constructive dismissal. Now, beyond the fact that this is a constructive dismissal and she's owed severance, probably about six months severance for her, uh, this also is a human rights issue. She's subject to sexual harassment. Her boss is not doing anything about that. That's illegal. Human rights le- legislation says you can't do that if you're an employer. You have to protect your employee from sexual harassment. 
So she's also entitled to human rights damages. So I'm telling you this story because I want our listeners to understand that if you're suffering from harassment, doesn't matter if it's sexual harassment or other type of harassment at work, you don't have to take it. You don't have to just suffer and say, well, that's it. I can't do anything about it. You can. The law protects you. The law, the law allows you to leave if you need with full compensation. There's also human rights legislation that protects you. So please, don't suffer in peace like that. Don't, don't let this impact your health. Don't lose sleep. Uh, don't dread going to work. If it's gotten bad, call me. Let's try to resolve it. Let's get you out of there. That's what needs to happen. We're doing this with this lady. Uh, I assure you, John, if she had stayed there, things would have gotten even worse. She probably would have had to go on a disability leave. Bad scenario. So now we're going to get her out of there with compensation. Well, our compensation in this case, I mean, six months, is that, that's pretty beefy. That's pretty good. But you, you, know, you mentioned the human rights damages. I mean, is that comparable? Is that, can that be a big sum as well in some cases, like hers? Yeah. Yeah, it, it could be. You know, obviously, the, kind of the, the worse the violation, the more the compensation. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it really does depend. But our human rights tribunals have awarded anything from fifteen to one hundred thousand dollars for human rights violations, depending uh, on the matter. Uh, obviously, you know, some matters are more serious than others, but it's sizable and it's significant. And that's why employers should take these things seriously. Mm-hmm. They can't just ignore it. Uh, that you know, it's not the old days when you can just kind of brush these things under the rug. It doesn't work that way what else you got going on so second matter i'll tell you about uh called uh got called by a gentleman who uh very very upset uh he had uh, worked happily for a company for 17 years uh, had a good job but ultimately was recruited by another company they uh, promised him uh, significant promotions they told him that the uh, vice president of the company is going to retire and he could take over his job they offered him more money so eventually they you know as they say they made him an offer he couldn't refuse <laughs> so he decided to leave his job of 17 years and he joined this this new company well, sure enough, John, six months later, he's out the door. The company's decided to do a restructuring and left this guy without a job. So he's extremely frustrated, extremely upset. He's now without work. He had a, a, a very good job that he liked uh, before. And they told him, we're going to give you three weeks pay. You know, you've yeah. been here for six months. And, and yeah, no, exactly. And, and that's what he called me. Well, here's the thing, John, and, and we've discussed this, I think, uh, on the show before. But in situations where you're recruited from a job and then you decide, sorry, and then the company decides to let you go shortly thereafter, you may be entitled to credit for the service you had with the previous company. So in this case, because he was recruited from another job, because he wasn't looking to leave that company, now that he was let go after six months, he's a 17 and a half year employee. So even though this company only employed him for six months, they have to account for his full length of service because they recruited him uh, from the other job. We call this inducement. He was induced to leave another job. So what I told them is, wait a second, if you're a 17 and a half year employee, you may be looking at 18 to 20, even 22 months pay here. So that's what I'm going to be working with him now to, to get that compensation. So our listeners remember, if you lose a job uh, and you were recruited from a previous job, you may be entitled to enhanced severance, which could be a lot more than what you would get in the usual circumstances. Keep that in mind. It's very, very important. What's that? What's the threshold as far as, you know, six months, seven months, or does it depend how long you were the previous job? The longer you were there, the longer the, the time in between, or what? 
Well, generally speaking, as long as it's within kind of a couple of years, to be honest with you, that, wow. then, that the inducement factor, yep, the inducement factor is going to be uh, triggered. So obviously, the more you worked with your previous company, uh, the better it's going to mm-hmm. be, the more entitlements you're going to have. But if you lose your job after a couple of years, then yeah, arguably, then there's a case here for inducement, which means you get credit for past service. And for this guy, John, it'll be the difference between him getting three months severance and getting 20 months severance. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he has a good salary. So we're obviously talking about a difference of six figures, uh, a significant, a big deal. Before we uh, take our first break here, give us some details, severancepaycalculator.com. Love this tool. Yeah. SeverancePayCalculator.com, John, when I notice and realize how many misconceptions uh, misconceptions mm. there are out there when it comes to a person's termination entitlements, I wanted to do something about it. I, I saw people every single day accepting a lot less than their old because they read something online or they got some, some wrong advice, even from the Ministry of Labor. Well, then I created the Severance Calculator. It's uh, available at SeverancePayCalculator.com. And what it does is the name suggests is it calculates for you how much severance you're actually owed, the actual real number. So you go to severancepaycalculator.com, you input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and you're done. It's going to tell you exactly how many months severance you are actually owed. Maybe you just lost your job, maybe you haven't, but you're curious, or maybe you're worried about losing your job. Just check it out, severancepaycalculator.com, and please tell others about it. As soon as you know that someone's job may be at risk, you have to tell them to check out the severance calculator. Yeah, actually, you can do that while we uh, take a quick break here. First one of the evening, the number to call through. would love to talk to you with your employment, your job concerns, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on sale. You want to email Lior? We'll try to rip through a few of those tonight as well. If we have time, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour right here, News Talk 980, CKNW. And we are right back at it here at 518 on the Employment Hour, right till 6 o'clock. We'd love to get some of your phone calls through here and talk to us. And it is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. In between the calls and the emails, we get to uh, one of a couple topics here tonight. Lior, the first one we're going to deal with is how to deal with criticism, discipline, and bad performance reviews. So first of all, uh, when should an employer now, when should an employer take measures to deal with a problem employee? Yeah, John, and this is a topic that, that's very important because a lot of employees, a lot of individuals find themselves the subject of discipline, maybe a warning letter, maybe a suspension, yeah. etc., or uh, maybe just even a bad performance review, and, and they really don't know what to do about it. They, they don't. Is, can my employer do that? Uh, should I respond to it? How should I respond to it? What are they trying to do? Are they trying to fire me? Are they trying to get me to quit? Yeah. So all these issues come up. So we want to try to talk about that in the next segment or two and try to answer some questions and, and hopefully demystify uh, this area. Now, the first question you just asked me is, is when should really an employer uh, discipline an employee? Well, the answer is, is relatively simple, and, and that is an employer should impose discipline whenever an employee does something that's inconsistent with what's expected of them. So whether the employee uh, is engaged in conduct that's unacceptable, doesn't do something that the employee is supposed to do, uh, the performance is not where it needs to be, as long as the employer has legitimate, valid uh, expectations that are uh, communicated to the employee, if the employee is not able to meet them, refuses to meet them, etc., then it's okay and then the employer can discipline an employee. That said, of course, John, what flows from that is that the employee would or should have done something wrong. 
right. if the employee didn't do anything wrong, obviously they can't be disciplined. And I've seen so many cases over the years, John, where uh, an employee uh, really didn't do anything wrong and the employer either was unreasonable, maybe in some situations vindictive, uh, maybe there were additional other motives uh, at play here and discipline should not have been imposed. But the general rule is if the employee did something wrong, discipline is appropriate. So now the employer has uh, made that measure. They know they're going to uh, impose some sort of discipline. What are the corrective measures or what's available to them, to that employer? Well, there, there's a number of measures. And, and the first one uh, you know, is a warning, obviously, and, and sometimes it could be a verbal warning. Uh, and there's also written warnings. There's uh, suspensions that's available. Usually, by the way, John, that would have to be a paid suspension. Right. An employer generally does not have the right to impose an unpaid suspension, but uh, a paid suspension is a disciplinary measure. In some very extreme situations, an employer can even do what we call a disciplinary demotion, which is to demote someone for as, as a disciplinary measure because they did something really bad. We can't trust them in this position, so we're going to put them in a different position. That's rare, but in some situations. And, of course, the last ultimate uh, disciplinary measure is a termination for cause. Of course, remember, John, a termination for cause is reserved for the worst offenders. It's very difficult to terminate for cause. And it's even more difficult to terminate for cause if you haven't built up your case, if you haven't actually started with a warning and worked your way up to it. If you jump straight to a termination for cause, in most cases, that would be inappropriate, would be a wrongful dismissal. And that's something that I see often. I see employers jumping the queue, so to speak. They're going from, from zero to 100 right off the bat. Well, you can't do that. You've got to work your way up there. And then for the employees out there listening to us, if your employer, if maybe you did something wrong, but if your employer jumped the queue and they didn't even bother with a warning or anything like that, they, they went straight to a termination, in most cases, that would be a wrongful dismissal. 604-280-9898 or star 9899 on your uh, cell to call in tonight. So you mentioned uh, suspension with pay. How come they can't do it without pay? Because you think that would be common, right? That's well, discipline. You would. You would. What our courts have decided that a suspension uh, without pay is a constructive dismissal. Uh, you know, uh, pay is such a fundamental aspect of a job. I mean, what's what's a job? The deal is very simple. You go to work, you get paid, right? It's it's it's, it's that simple. So for an employer to change that, in other words, we're not going to pay you now. Well, wait a second. That that's kind of breaking the deal. And even if the employee may have done something wrong, it's still not something the employer is allowed. Now, the only time an employer is allowed to suspend without pay is if the employment agreement says that specifically and gives the employer the power to do that. Right. But if the employment agreement doesn't give the uh, employer the power to do that, a suspension without pay is a constructive dismissal. But, of course, a suspension with pay is something that an employer is allowed to do and should do in the right circumstances. Talking about how to deal with criticism, discipline, and bad performance reviews, what is the proper way now for that employer to start imposing discipline or other you know, corrective measures on an employee? Well, the best way to do that, first of all, is uh, if you're going to impose discipline, you want the employee to know what they're being disciplined for. Uh, and so I always say, if it's not in writing, it's not doesn't exist. So, so you want to discipline in writing so that it's clear why the employee is being disciplined, and it's clear what's expected of them. And the best way to do that is to start off with a, a warning and, and escalate from there. We call this progressive discipline. In other words, every time there's a disciplinary measure, it gets more severe. 
you you build it up. You you start low and you build it up to a a more significant thing. So you'd start off with a warning, and then you may give uh, a second warning. Uh, if uh, if that doesn't work, you may then do perhaps a suspension. And if that doesn't work, then you may consider a termination for cause. So we're building it up. We're going kind of a step at a time. And depending on the situation, you may have to do three steps. Depending on other situations, two, five. So every situation is different, depending how serious the offense is. Someone that's late a few minutes to work needs more discipline before you could terminate for cause. Right. Someone that's uh, missing days of work uh, without notice, well, wait a second. You don't have to tolerate that for too long. So again, depending on the on the misconduct, depending on the issue, uh, you, you you may be able to terminate faster or slower. But either way, in terms of imposing discipline, you want to engage in progressive discipline. You want to start with a, a relatively minor type of discipline, build it up, escalate up to the point if you need to to, to terminate for cause. Any of this sound familiar to you or you have questions about it, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Again, it's Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We're talking about dealing with criticism, discipline, and bad performance in the workplace. Now, if the employee finally says, all right, you know what, you got me, I'm guilty, they, they agree that there's legitimate reason uh, for some corrective measure, what should the employee on the other side do now? Well, if you agree that that it's legitimate, so uh, if you agree, yes, they should have disciplined me. Then, then it's it's simple. Yeah. I would simply try to do better, try to rectify the conduct, try to make sure that whatever issue happened doesn't happen again, and even tell your employer that so they're aware that that, that you're on it. You're trying to fix the problem. Uh, but of course, I want you to still remember, and this is the key. I've said it a few minutes ago, but I want to repeat that: the fact that you did something wrong, maybe even the fact that you did a few things wrong does not mean you could be terminated for cause. You know, cause is like the death penalty. It's really there for the worst, worst offenders. So some people may have committed crimes, if you will, or have done bad things, but they don't necessarily get the death penalty. So if your employer jumped to the death penalty, jumped to the worst uh, punishment, which is a termination for cause, in many cases, that's premature. That's a wrongful dismissal. So if you did something wrong, you know, own up to it, fix the problem. But if you are terminated for cause, give me a call. Let's talk about it because chances are it was premature. I'm just talking from 15 years of experience. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times, John. Yeah, how many times the employer just, boom, snaps, and uh, you're out the door, and it was nowhere near the time where they should be doing that, right? It happens all the time, man. Probably one of the top three types of calls that I get is my employer just snapped at me and said, you're out of here, done, uh, and, and the next day I got a courier with all my stuff. And, and that's it, and no compensation, no severance. Well, wait a second. You can't do that. Even if you've done something wrong, even if you you know, you know didn't have necessarily clean hands, it's very, very difficult to terminate for cause, John. I want our, our listeners to remember that. So many times I see this, and, and people don't call me because they say, well, yeah, I did do it, so I guess they can terminate me for cause. Wrong. Many cases, most cases, that's absolutely premature. The flip side of that is if the employee now doesn't agree to that discipline, then it doesn't agree that it's fair, what should they do then? That's key here. If the employee doesn't agree that the discipline is is appropriate, you have to say so and you have to put it in writing. Yeah. So I want you to send an email, send a memo, something in writing telling the employer, I don't agree with this and here's why. I didn't do it this or someone else was doing it or, or you misinterpreted what happened. You cannot be deemed to have accepted something that's wrong. Silence is the same as acceptance. 
So if your employer is trying to build up a case against you, you can't be making it easier for them by just agreeing or by, by accepting what they're saying. So it's absolutely fine. If your employer is disciplining you, they just give you a warning letter saying you did this, don't do it again. If you don't agree, if that's not true and that's not accurate, you have to say so. Put it in writing. Don't worry. You can't be punished for that. If you don't put it in writing, if you don't say so, you're considered to have agreed to it, and that's a very bad thing to do if, in fact, it's wrong. So if you send that employer an email because you disagree, it's not necessarily denial, but it's acceptance that you've heard what they've said, but I disagree with what you're saying. You've acknowledged it. That's enough, right? Yeah, it's okay to acknowledge that you've received uh, right. the, the disciplinary measure, but please don't agree. Don't don't just accept it. Say something about the content. Say something about the heart of the matter if, in fact, you disagree with it. And we'll take a, a short break. Your phone call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming up right here News Talk 980 CKNW. And the number is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Get to more of your calls, and we'll also continue with our chat about how to deal with criticism, discipline, and bad performance reviews. First, so uh, thanks for hanging on through the uh, through the break there, Tyrone. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, pal. What's, uh, what's your concern? So basically, on Thursday evening, I feel like I was um, fired uh, from my job with uh, without a liable reason. Um, I bartend. And basically what had happened was at the beginning of my shift, um, whether or not I have money in my wallet, if I don't, then I'll take $5 from my till and I'll put it in my tip jar so people know that it's the tip jar. Mm -hmm. Um, And then throughout the course of the night or at the end of the night, I'll replace that money back into the till if it came from the till. Anyways, um, I guess uh, one of my managers saw that I had, you know, $5 in my tip jar and checked my sales to see what my sales were and figured that I didn't receive that much of a tip on my, my first drink or second drink or whatever. So he brought me into the office with uh, three other managers and basically asked me where the money came from. I told them it came from the till and like what I do is like I put my put the money back in the till at the end of the night or you know if it came from my wallet then it comes from my wallet. And then he went on to say that I can't do that. It's stealing and for that reason that they're gonna they, they have to fire me on the spot. And to grab wow. my stuff and leave, to to leave the uh, to leave the restaurant, and I feel like that's not right. I've never had that problem before because at the end of the at the end of the night with bartending, uh, we count our tills, and the next day if our tills short, we have to pay that shortage. And so I mean, like, right? So it's like you could have gotten away with it, right? Exactly. Exactly, and I feel like unless I leave the building with that money in hand, then it's considered not stealing. Um, so I'm just like wondering in this case, like, what would be the best route to go as far as like, should I call sure. the labor board or? Mm-hmm. No, no. Of all the things you should do, calling the labor board is not one of them. But let's kind of break this down a bit. First of all, I, I agree with you completely. Uh, unless you walk away with the money, then it's not stealing. Certainly in, in the situation, and, and I've known others that have done that with the tip jar. So uh, at a minimum, you should have been given the benefit of the doubt. Uh, so I, I don't have any hesitation in saying that you've been wrongfully dismissed. Now, Tyrone, how long did you work there for? Uh, about eight to nine months. Okay, and you're a bartender, and how old are you, Tyrone? 32. 
Okay, so someone in your situation is entitled to two months' pay. All right, right around two months' pay. That's the amount of severance that you're owed. Now, there's nothing that can be done, unfortunately, about the job in the sense that there's no way to compel them to take you back even though you've done nothing wrong. It's a question of compensation. It's a question of severance. So right around two months is what I would assess you at. Uh, So what you do is very simple is you give me a call off air, I'm going to connect you with one of my colleagues who's a paralegal who deals with these matters, and she's going to help you resolve this and get the compensation that you're owed. It's simple and straightforward. The, the labor board can't help you. The labor board can only help you with your minimum entitlements, which would be a week's pay. Uh, your full entitlements, as I said, is two months' pay. That's why labor board is not an option. Uh, but, yeah, I agree you've been wrongfully dismissed. And give me a shout during the week. I'll help you. I'll make sure that you get everything that you're owed, uh, Tyrone. I just have one other question, too. Um, sure, sure. I was, out, I was out with some some friends there on Friday, and I told them basically what had happened. And um, one of one of my friends was like, "Well, you need to make sure you get that taken care of as well, because if someone pulls your 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 record of employment, it will show unless you fight it that you were dismissed for theft. Is that true or no?" No, it's not true. There's no such thing as, as pulling a record of employment. The only thing the record of employment is relevant for is to collect EI. There's no ability to oh, get okay. it. It doesn't say uh, theft. So no, that, that's not a factor. But but it could impact your ability to get EI because they may put on the record of employment that you were dismissed for cause and the EI is going to say, well, wait a second. If you were dismissed for cause, we're not going to pay you. So that that is an important thing. So it's not going to impact your job in the future. Uh, but it may impact your ability to get EI, so we should deal with that as well. We should get them to issue a record of employment that says a termination without cause, uh, not because I'm concerned about uh, other companies, but because I'm concerned about you not getting EI. So we definitely okay. can deal with that as well. Okay. You know, Tyrone, it's, it, tell me something, though. As a bartender, I've got some experience. I would think that whole thing, you know, dropping the five in the tip jar would be encouraged. Like, folks, this is where our tips go. Please well, contribute. Like, it's it's stupid to fire a guy for that. I'd encourage well, my bartenders to do that. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I've never had a problem with that issue in the past, and it just seemed like it was a major issue that night, which leads me to believe that maybe there was, like, some underlying issues or maybe. I'm not 100% sure, but, yeah, I mean, even, like, with my friends who are in the industry who have done that, no issues there whatsoever. Totally. Yeah, makes sense. Tyrone, I'm going to give you the number now. It's 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. Sounds like the boss might have had a fight with the wife before he came to work, Lior. I don't know. Could be the thing. (laughs) Don't know anything about stuff like that. Yeah, right. We're talking about uh, dealing with criticism, discipline, and bad performance uh, reviews as well. So why so important to document everything? Because most people don't. They forget to, right? Yeah, John, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So from the employer's perspective, okay, let's talk about the employer, and then we'll talk about the employee's perspective. If you're you're the employer and you're going to discipline someone and you're doing that to build a case, there has to be a record of that discipline. Right. Otherwise, uh, who is to say that you did? And what happens if the employee right. says, I was never disciplined, which is why I don't believe in anything verbal. Uh, a verbal warning to me is not effective because there's no record of it. So uh, that's why you always document. If you're going to talk to someone about an issue, then document it after, whether you do a memo to file or you send an email confirming. If you're going to do a formal warning, put that in writing. Create that written record. Okay, It's very, very important. Now, if you're the employee, as I said before, If your employer is building a case against you, you better do something about it. 
build your own case. Have documents, materials, information to respond. And if you disagree with what your employer is doing mm. or from the criticism that they're giving you, please put that in writing. Make sure that it's not deemed that you have agreed. Uh, again, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. It's never, ever, ever a good idea to get into a he said, she said uh, type of a battle. Okay, No one ever wins in that. Uh, the, the written words trumps everything. You want to check out the website, VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca, and if you haven't used it yet, we talked about it off the top of the show, uh, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly what your severance offer should be. You can do it by talking to Lior. You can use the website as we sit here and uh, chat as well. How to deal with criticism, discipline, bad performance reviews. They all go hand in hand sometimes. So if a person doesn't do anything, even though they've, they've disagreed that they did anything wrong, then what can happen? Well, if that what can happen then is the employer uh, can consider the situation often as the employee agreeing with the discipline, and then the employer at some point is going to build up their case, want to terminate for cause, and then the employee is going to say, well, wait a second, I, I don't agree that the discipline was valid. But wait a sec, you didn't do anything about it. You, 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 didn't, uh, you didn't oppose it. You didn't give your side of the story. So the problem with that is it's going to make it difficult to fight the termination. All right? So if your employer is going to try to terminate you for cause when it's not justified, please don't make it easier on them to yeah. do that. Right? That's where you have to put everything in writing. That's where you have to respond. If you don't do that, you make you make it easy to to uh, to have the employer let you go for cause. You make it more difficult to to deal with that later on. Just not a good idea at all. You know these situations, more, especially on the employee, can be very stressful if it goes on for over time. Could they or should they take some sort of medical leave? Can they? Well, a lot of employees feel that. Wait a second, if I'm gonna. Uh, lose my job if, if I think that they're going to be letting me go soon. Maybe I'll just get a doctor's note to, to take me off work. Well, in that I don't agree with. That I don't think it helps because if your employer is letting you go or about to let you go and you go on a medical leave, well, what do you think is going to happen, John? If they're simply going to let you go when you come back, so no. so, so that's not going to help anything. That said, that said, if if you're being subject to inappropriate discipline. Uh, and that's you know impacting your health. Then yeah, I'm not a doctor, but if your doctor says to you you should take time off work to deal with that stress, yes, then you should. And in fact, if if your employer, by the way, John, is completely unreasonable in the way they're disciplining you and it's impacting your health now, that could be a constructive dismissal. That could be a poison work environment. You may not have to stay in that workplace if you don't want to. So you're getting these negative performance reviews. Uh, they're not justified. You're getting warnings. They're not justified. You're stressed out. You can't sleep. Well, wait a second. That's exactly what a poison work environment looks like. You shouldn't have to take that. So if that's what's happened to you, we need to talk. We need to discuss what this all means and how to potentially get you out of there with full compensation. You don't want to stay in a situation that's going to impact your health to the extent that you have to go on a disability leave. So keep that in mind. Give me a call. Don't just sit there and suffer. Someone, say, was given a, a warning by their employee, say, and, you know, that's, that's pretty clear they've been given that. The employer, I'm still not happy. Does that mean they can be like over cost? Uh, no, uh, it, it doesn't mean that, that they can be let go for cause, John. It's always, always difficult to terminate uh, employment for cause. It's the kind of highest standard. Uh, and, and honestly, even if the employer did everything right, even if the employer built up its case, 
in many situations, they can still not terminate for cause because they still have to show that the offense was significant enough. Right. Uh, it's not enough to show, well, we built up our right. case. There still has to be a, a good, valid reason for it. It, it. It's something that our courts don't like. They don't like termination for cause except when it's clear that there's just nothing else that the employer can do. So that's really ultimately the question. Could the employer have done anything else? If the answer is absolutely not, there's just nothing this employer could have done, fine. That's cause. But in, mo- in most situations, John, uh, it's clear that that's not going to be the case. And, and th- there would be other measures, potentially more discipline, suspensions, etc., which means the employer would have jumped the gun. So when in this, this whole scenario, is it uh, time or is it important to call you, get a hold of you? Well, as soon as you understand that your employer is building a case against you, when they're, they're trying now to, to potentially create a situation where they want to let you go or to push you out of there to make you quit, that's when you have to call me. Whenever you feel that, okay, this is not just a one-off thing when they gave me some, some discipline or, or bad performance review, this is more of a systematic thing. This is now more consistent. You have to give me a call. So not even just when you, obviously you, you have to give me a call when you lost your job, but I'm talking about situations where you haven't lost your job, but your employer is clearly building up that case. You want to call me. We want to put some, you know, it's like a chess game. We want to put our pieces in the right place so that we can make our move when we need to. Okay. We, we can't let the other side put their pieces and us just sit back and hope for the best. Just in, that's an invitation for a disaster down the road. So we have to be smart. We have to be proactive. If your employer is starting to, to push you out, to threaten you, you have to give me a call right away. Lior's number six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three. It is Lior L I O R at employmenthour.com. We'll take a very short break here and get right back into it. If you want to call in, talk to us, call in. I see you waiting there. We will get to you and your phone calls as well. Six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight or star nine eight nine eight on your cell. This is the Employment Hour News Talk nine eighty CKNW. Few minutes still to go here till we get to the uh, top of the hour. Your phone calls, and we'll get right to it. Colin, thanks for hanging in, fella. How are you? Good evening. I'm I'm doing fine. Um, problem is my wife. Uh, well, she's a problem anyhow. Uh, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. My 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 wife was with a company for about nine years, uh, and she right. um, she was being put beat pushed to do eighty and ninety hours a week because she was wow. a salary and a district manager. You know, she just continued to do it, and her health had deteriorated. Now, not to the extent that she would go to the doctor or take a sick leave, but she just had had enough, and she just she quit her job on Thursday, actually. Does she have recourse for this employer? Hmm. Now, Colin, is this something that happened more recently, or was she always being made to work like that for the whole time she was there, or is this something that kind of happened more recently? Well, it started off at about 60 hours a week, and then towards the, towards the end, it was 80 hours, 90 hours a week. Okay. Well, then, then that, that helps me because if now all of a sudden they, they've gone from something like 60, which is a lot anyway, but, uh, and they, you know, it's another almost 40% uh, increase in hours. Well, wait a second. That's a big deal. That's a big change. And no one should have to, to work those kinds of hours if that wasn't the deal. So because of that, yes, the fact that she quit may still mean that this is a constructive dismissal. They did something that uh, either was a significant change to the terms of her employment or really made it very difficult for her to continue working. That's exactly what a constructive dismissal is. So she's the, she was there for nine years, and, and what kind of a job was she doing, and how old is your wife? Uh, she's 54. I shouldn't say that over the air. Yep. <laughs> uh, she was a different... That's okay. I don't know her. 
She was a district manager for uh, for an inventory company. Okay. Well, then, you know, it's a senior position, so she could be looking easily at 12 months pay, easily. So that's a significant uh, potential entitlement that she has, uh, Colin. So the next step is this. She needs to give me a call. I want to speak to her uh, off air and, and, you know, over the phone when uh, during office hours. Uh, John will give you the number in just a sec. Have her give me a call. Let me talk to her. I'm going to find out more about exactly what happened, about what she said, if she gave him a letter of resignation, etc. And then let's pursue her, her entitlements. These types of matters are not difficult to resolve. So I want to speak to her. I want to try to get her the compensation that she's owed. Perfect. Thank you very much. I'll hang on to hear from John. Colin, thanks. Uh, appreciate that, pal. That number six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three again six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three to get a hold of Lior directly. And uh, Doug, good evening. How are you? Hi. Hello. Good, Doug. How are you? Go ahead. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I have a friend of mine that's uh, been working for a big box uh, food store for over twenty years, mm-hmm. and uh, he's making kind of the highest revenue that one can make income that one can make there and uh as you probably are aware the high salaried folks in this industry are uh, rapidly being dismissed or trying to get turfed out and this type of thing so not having any idea uh how uh how one would get out of a situation or be able to not be in a position where they can uh, take little bits of uh, uh, stuff where the pressure in there is extremely high and the staff is getting less and less and less and the problems that one has create situations where there's simple little notes that are passed on and and so there is stuff in writing like you're talking about but it's, it's minor. Um, is there a way to be able to figure out how or if how one exits out of a situation mm-hmm. like this when you can see the end coming, but it's right. just not here today? Yeah, well, Doug, the, the, the way to, to, to approach this is it's simple. I need to sit down with him, and I want to find out exactly what's been happening, what, what they're saying, what they're doing, what's in writing, what's not in writing. And then we can see with all that, you know, can we put the pieces to get him out of there? And, and we may well be able to, but obviously I, I'll need some information to help me make that assessment. Now, ultimately, uh, if, if we can't get him out of there uh, right now, uh, and I hope we can, but if we cannot, then my advice to him at that point would be, well, if, if they're going to let you go, if the writing is on the wall, just stick it out, right? Uh, you wanna, you don't want to just quit unless we can pursue this as a constructive dismissal because you're going to get severance at some point. And after 20 years, your friend could be owed as much as two years' pay potentially. So uh, you know you don't want to just walk away from that. So if we can get him out of there now with compensation, I want to do that. If we can't, I'm going to tell you to stick it out, hang in there, do his best, uh, because there's that compensation that's going to be coming to him. And if he just walks away from it, then that, that would be a shame. Yeah. So I want to speak to him, Doug. Have him give me a call. Okay. That's, uh, that sounds like real good advice. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your call, Doug. Again, that number is 604-283-3123, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Getting in the last few minutes here. Uh, recap again for one more time, pal. Uh, severance pay calculator. You made reference to it, of course, in your head during the whole show, right? 
Yeah. So, you know, I, I asked, uh, you know, our caller Colin before about, about his wife. I asked him about uh, the length of her employment, her age and her position. And I said that someone in her situation is owed about 12 months pay. Now, uh, I'm an employment lawyer, so I can do this, this kind of analysis uh, right on the spot. But not everyone is an employment lawyer, and I still want you to be able to do this analysis. So that's what the severance calculator does. It's at severancepaycalculator.com. It's free for anyone to use. It's completely anonymous. It doesn't ask you for your name. It doesn't ask you for your phone number. You don't have to do any of that. It's just there for your information. So you go to severancepaycalculator.com, answer three questions. It's going to take you 10 seconds, and you're done. It's going to tell you how much you're owed, and maybe you're just walking out of that termination meeting with your severance letter in hand, and you're saying, they're offering me six months pay. How am I supposed to know if, that's offer, if that offer is good enough? Well, severancepaycalculator.com. Or maybe you're uh, uh, like uh, like our, our caller here whose friend believes he's about to lose his job, and you want to know how much they're going to have to pay at that point. Maybe you see the writing on the wall. They're going to mm-hmm. let you go. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. Be ready. Be armed with that information. And if you're uh, out there cutting the lawn uh, this weekend and your friend uh, across the way tells you that they lost their job, Again, tell them to check out the severance calculator. Trust me, they'll be happy that they did. Beyond that, uh, the number is 604-283-3123 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Till next time, next weekend, right here, it's been the Employment Hour, News Talk 980, CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.